Hello Team Builder. Thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Chris Cabert of Fun Doing and On Team Building. I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Well, here we are again. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm oh, super enjoying our Colorado weather before the snow flies. I have been converting one wall in the garage where I live into shelves. And it's wow. a double garage. It's a double long garage. I did not really comprehend the expense of wire shelving for that <laughs> size of a wall. Right. So I'm in the process of taking out a small bank loan to be able to get enough wire <laughs> shelving yeah. on this size. But I'm excited to to organize my things, my wares. They've been in a, a kind of a storage area since for three years. Yeah. So your yeah. bag of tricks that uh, yeah, most of them. them. Yeah. Most of the stuff is toys. Yeah. So I'm going to organize them on the wall so then I can also park into the garage. I can get my stuff out of the way where I would park my car. Gotcha. Now I'm going to put it on the wall and then I can park my car before the snow flies. So that's been my project as of late and, and having this nice weather has really helped. How about you? You have been amazingly busy. Last 10 days and the next 10 days have been, I've presented at more virtual conferences in the last little bit and then an upcoming bit than you know, usually when, you know, it's conference season, you go to a physical location. And so you can only, you have to pick and choose what conferences you go to, where in the virtual space, I literally presented at four different virtual conferences last Wednesday wow. and which was awesome, but it's also a little bit exhausting because it is yeah. a lot, you're just on, you know, and, and it's still facilitating, but in a different way. So I finally have Thanksgiving the day before Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving day off. And oh, very nice. Very nice. My next day's off. Yeah, I, I'm way behind you. I actually presented at my first conference this weekend as well on Saturday. It was oh, a nice. Northwest Challenge Course Network. Oh, that's um, a good Yeah, small little group. So it was a yeah. nice introduction to a conference. But I get it. We talked about the advantages and of being able, they have had the most people, I think they said they had, like more new people sign up than usually come to the physical location. So that was nice for them to get new people in. And some well, people that were across the country that used to go now could go. And so they were yeah. there. So people are seeing advantages of this virtual space and mm -hmm. just learning how to navigate. Yeah. I am, I am way behind you. So I'm going to need to learn more and more from you as I go. Oh, I'm so excited today. Uh, we have a guest. We do. One that I know quite well. Yeah. So last week, we talked about needs assessments in our episode last week. And I, we mentioned this Paul Cummings guy from Strategic Adventures, who happens to be my husband. And so we thought, uh, you know, I Paul is very gifted at the art of sales. It is no coincidence as to why training wheels is as successful as it is because uh, of some of the marketing that we do. And a lot of that behind the scenes work or things that I have learned and put into practice are things that I learned from Paul. He runs a company called Strategic Adventures. I'm gonna let him tell you a little bit about what he does. I mentioned last week in the episode, he has in the past run this class called the Facilitated Sales Training. 
And it was a, was it three days, Paul? Two days, three days. I can't remember now. Two and a half. You're very close. Two and a half. Two and a half day training back when we could be in person with one another. And I learned so much and I immediately put into practice what I learned. And I saw a noticeable difference in my sales after implementing some of his strategies. Welcome, Paul. Thank you. Yeah, welcome, Paul. Good to see you, my friends. Yes. Yeah, we're actually on a video Zoom so we can see each other while we're doing an audio podcast. It's kind of fun. Yeah. It's like like being in the same room. Tell us a little bit about it, Strategic Adventures. And then we'll probably be bopping, Michelle and I will be bopping back and forth with questions and things about we're speaking to team builders. And we want to know what you know a little bit in in the next 15, 16 minutes. Absolutely. So Strategic Adventures, we do business consulting for outdoor recreation and adventure educators, practitioners, operators, and help them uh, sell more of their services and help their clients get more results from what they do. Whether it's challenge course programs, experiential educators, zip line tours, aerial adventure parks. We even work with climbing gyms, whitewater rafting companies. Basically, if we do anything that's outside and fun and a business, we can help those people grow. I mentioned in the podcast episode last week about your facilitated sales training. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about what that training entails and what are some of the learning objectives that participants get from going through that class? Sure. Yeah, the sales training class uh, uses some of your facilitative skills that you have already and applies them to sales and marketing. What we do is there's really four things that are the primary pieces that we teach in this class. Uh, The first one is that your business, while it may be training and development or what have you, but you really are a sales and marketing firm. Without sales and marketing, you are not going to be delivering any products or services to your clientele. It has to be an integral part of what you do with your firm. The second thing we talk about is how to reach your qualified prospects. This is one that can be a little mysterious for some people in that qualified really means that they have to know about what you do. They have to want to partake in what you do. And the third one is they have to be able to pay for what you do. And this is where from our facilitative hearts, this is where we really struggle with it is we want to do everything for everybody at the lowest price possible but the lowest price possible doesn't always pay the bills. Mm -hmm. So we dig into financials quite a bit during this class too, and try to bring home what it really takes to run a profitable business. And if you're doing a nonprofit, we always like to say nonprofit doesn't mean no profit, right? You can still make money in a nonprofit and you gift it out to people. You know, there are ways to disperse funds in a nonprofit, but you do have to be profitable to be able to continue to exist, especially in this market. Yeah. You know, one thing I mentioned last week, the tip, one of the biggest tips that I got from you was make sure you have the decision maker on the phone, mm-hmm. you know, or, or in the call or whatever. And, you know, we mentioned last week that if that's not possible and you, there is a messenger that has been sent to gather all the information that they can from you about your program and they have to take it back to resell it to the decision maker. We mentioned now that Zoom is a thing, you can record these because there's nothing worse than, you know, you knowing exactly what you can offer a client and then this person being the messenger and really not understanding what you do, but then 
having to relay the information to the decision maker who is going to say yes or no. That's one great thing that a lot of us have been forced into is delivering pieces on video. So having something that can communicate the value of your services to a decision maker when you're not live together, having that video on your website even, or being able to send a customized video that they can then pass on uh, is a great skill to have. And that's actually the third piece that we teach out of the four things that are the primary objectives is how to communicate the value of your services to that decision maker. Paul, when someone's making a video, I might be getting ahead of myself. What are, are there like three or four points you tell them when you're making a video, here are these things to, to consider? Yeah. So there's a couple different categories that I would put this into. One is just a performance issue that people deal with on camera. If you're going to be reading something, have your camera right in front of it or right behind it so that you're looking at the camera and you're communicating your message. You're not looking down and it looks like you're reading off of a script. And I'm actually doing this, you can't see it because we're on Zoom, but I'm doing this by example. But when you're looking straight into the camera, it's like you're talking right to that person. If you're looking down, reading something off off screen, it looks very unprofessional. It's so, impersonal, right? It's right. Like, it's, it's not authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 So another is to be able to communicate the value that you offer and how that relates to what's called an ideal client relationship. The ideal client relationship is a core tenet of what we teach in the facilitative sales training. It can be pieces like what are some of the things that people are guaranteed to get out of your programs and. How do you want them to then interact with you? This is how we often get going from somebody buying a single time event, a two-hour program, a four-hour program into a multi-day program. We don't do a lot of those anymore in our industry. There's not a lot of people doing five-day retreats, but we can have multiple programs over the course of a calendar year. And communicating that ideal client relationship is a strong way to, to get them to buy into the initial piece, but then also to want to dig in deeper as you go further with the program. I picked up from the ICR or the ideal client relationship, several tips and tricks that you teach with that is around how to sell the value of the program, but then also those clients that you want that are those ideal client relationships, they are clients that book often, that pay their bills on time, that return your emails and your phone calls when you when you communicate with them. They're basically, those are the people that you want as your clients, as your ideal clients, because it is working both ways. It's a two-way street. It's not just you like trying with all your might to pull information from them. They are responsive. Those are the ideal clients that you want. And you want multiple ICRs, right? You want multiple ideal client relationships. Yeah. I think if you had 10 clients that did all of those things, they responded to you right away. They were very collaborative in their communication with you and design helping figure out what program to do. They uh, recommended others to you. Mm. Imagine if you had 10 clients that did all those things, your business would be transformed. On the converse side is what if, what are some of the deal breakers you might have where you don't work with them? Again, they could do all these things, but if they're not paying their bills on time, if it takes them a year to pay an invoice, 10 people like that that take a year to pay their invoice can put you out of business. 10 people that will ghost you for three months after you talk and then all of a sudden come back and want to do it next week. That doesn't get into that category of ICR. And those can be people that, you know what, the money might be good now, long-term, it could really cripple my business. And it really starts to 
prevent you from being able to do good work with people who will fit that ICR. Yeah, and that's hard to turn down business. It's hard to do that. Then over time, if you're doing this long enough, then you know that some customers are not, they take up too much of your time or you could be utilizing your time more positively elsewhere. And then right. you may be able to thin it out a little bit. Yeah, it's hard to hard to turn people away. I know I know how that is. Yeah. Uh, I I was I was very interested when Michelle brought up the idea around how do we use our facilitator skills at, in marketing. Yeah, a lot of it goes into what we are able to promise we can deliver. Promising outcomes can be a really tricky thing. Because what we've seen is there are places out there that will promise that you can build a strong, effective team in two hours. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but I can hardly get to know somebody within two hours, much less be on a much stronger working relationship where we have our problem solving figured out, our communication skills are on point, we're working towards the same goal. Two hours, that's an icebreaker. Realizing that what we're able to promise with the type of program that we're selling, that's an important marketing piece. People will really understand that you are blowing smoke when you're promising the world in a very limited time frame. You're going to change the way that their company operates in two hours. They know that you can't do that. Being able to really articulate what exactly it is that you're doing. You can have people that can be much more comfortable working together in two hours. You can start to unearth behaviors that are going to be problematic, which in a two-hour program, you can identify it but you may need to come back every quarter and do four-hour programs to really work through the meat of what's causing these issues. That is part of that facilitator skill. Another is that when we are in the sales process, we often get into what we call advocacy. We are promoting ourselves so much that we forget to go into inquiry. We do a great exercise that is inquiry versus advocacy. And we identify what are the core differences of each and how to use both of those in the sales process. Most of the time when we are selling, we are just trying to promote ourselves. What we hesitate to do and what we often fail the client on is that then we don't really find out what are their true objectives. They may call for a two-hour program, but most of the time they really haven't thought out about why they need this team building program. And when you start going into inquiry with them and just digging a bit deeper into why that they're why they're calling, what was the impetus for them to want to reach out? You can really start to unearth some either behavioral issues, trust issues, big changes that are happening within their organization that can lead to a much bigger program, or just to make sure that you're delivering the right program for what they really need, just what does not what you want to to sell them. That's often where we can start to get into a little bit of a dilemma between what we're selling them and then what we actually deliver once we get to the end. Mm. Something else I think that's important on the facilitator side is, you know, when you're talking about a needs assessment, if you're taking the needs assessment, but you're not communicating to your team what the responses for that need assessment were, if you're just saying, just go out there and run these activities and do this, but you're not telling your staff what the outcome is supposed to be, you are not going to deliver on what you promised. Right. And that is a huge disconnect that we see quite often. Paul, I remember there being um, one of my favorite activities. Of course, I'm 
I love activities, right? So there's <laughs> one activity that we do or that you do in the facilitated sales training. For me, it, it was one of those that where it finally clicked with me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what we try to do when we're selling adventure programs. Yeah. So this is an icebreaker. Essentially, I use it as an icebreaker during our training. And everybody is given a brown lunch bag. Inside is a random object. And it's stuff that I'll find at the dollar aisle at Target. Um, this one time I went and gathered items. For some reason, Target had all of these different items from the show The Office. And I actually have in my hand right now, it's a little uh, squishy stress reliever, stress reliever, uh, Dwight Schrute head. So Dwight Schrute's this very annoying, but very hilarious character in the office. If you don't watch it, and if you don't watch it, you really should, because there's a lot about office politics and behaviors <laughs> that they just bring to the forefront. And it's really just hilarious. But the object is, is that you take your brown paper bag, you open it and you look inside it. Then you partner up with somebody. And without showing them what it is or telling them exactly what it is, you have to sell it to them. Imagine if you have this random TV character stress reliever head. How do you sell that to somebody else? I love this activity primarily because as an observer, I get to walk around and see how people are struggling to sell these things. And sometimes it's an eraser or sometimes you know, I'll put a paperclip in there. This connection of how do we sell something that really is intangible to get the other person to buy it. Very rarely do we have somebody who actually starts to go into inquiry and ask about what that person does or explain their life to them and then try to relate this product to what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, really what I know when I participated in it, I was trying to sell my item. I don't remember what it was now, but it was like, don't you need this? Like, because and it's so good. It's so funny. It's so this, and it's really going to help you do this, 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 and this. And yet I did not ask them one question about why they would think that they would even need this. I mean, they would ask me a couple questions. They were trying to figure out what it was, but they were asking me questions rather than me asking them questions about whether or not this was a good fit for them. It caught me in that aha moment, like, oh my gosh, you're right. This is totally what we do in our industry. We try to sell them this thing, this program, because it's this, and it's so amazing. And your teens can experience this and this and this. But yeah, we didn't ask them what they needed or what, what they wanted because we're just trying to sell them a program. So that was a good aha for me, a good mental shift for me that really changed the way that I approach my needs assessment now and really ask different questions now based on that experience. Yeah. And when people are having sales calls and most of the time in our industry, a lot of it's inbound because making cold calls suck. I mean, they really do. It's one of the most horrible things about business, I think. But when we're talking to people on the phone and we're doing one of these needs assessments, a lot of people just spend five minutes going through and okay, we've got this and you're, it'll be this and it's this much because you have this many people coming through. When we're teaching needs assessments and when we do them for our business, we're typically spending a half hour, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour on the phone, really digging deep and figuring out why people are reaching out. And most of the time, there's some kind of pain that they're reacting to. And this is most likely the first time that they will really have spoken it out loud to somebody. Mm. So this is, you are helping draw out what it is that they're feeling, the needs that they're having, what's the discomfort that they're experiencing back. It's a mini therapy session most of the time for clients, hmm. which is pretty cool. Uh, besides the incredible services you have at Strategic Adventures and helping people market their program, getting better at what they do, could you give us a couple of maybe top-rated books that you could recommend? Of course. 
one of my favorite authors is a gentleman by the name of Alan Weiss. He is just this preeminent business consultant. He has transitioned from doing consulting directly for companies. I'm sure he still does a little bit of that, but now he's helping consultants out how to sell themselves and things like that. And some of the pieces that he's put out, he has a great piece of work called value-based fees. It takes you from charging per hour or per facilitator or per day and taking and charging based on the value that you provide. You could work for an hour, change somebody's life, and it could have a $10,000 result for them. Is that worth your $100, $200, $300 an hour? Or is that worth so much more to them? Um, another is a book called Book Yourself Solid. That is from a gentleman named Michael Port. A lot of our work kind of parallels, which has been really fun to see. So we have ideal client relationships. He has the red velvet rope policy. Brilliant author and highly recommend that book as well. Awesome. Well, Paul, thank you so much for coming on and sharing a few tidbits of your wisdom. I know that I get to personally benefit because I can just ask you questions whenever I want, but uh, not everybody else has that same same benefit. I know that I personally have learned so much from you over the years. I thought it'd be good for uh, you to get on and share a little bit of tidbits of wisdom with our listeners. I hope you all picked up a few tips and tricks today. And I know Paul over the winter is going to be working on some online courses to where you might actually be able to take the facilitated sales training in an online self-paced course here. Wow. I'm in. I'm in. Paul, (laughs) thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris About Team Building.